Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for the time that you spend to invest, uh, you know, both with the information we're giving to you. We appreciate you spending time with us, but also the time that you invest in yourself, in growing yourself, in learning things, in making just that little needle point shift to something, to living the best life that you can. Really, in the end, when we talk about living as a thriving entrepreneur, that is kind of a 360 experience. You know, it really needs to be mind, body, soul, spirit, all of everything coming together so that you are a complete person and you run and have a complete business. Makes such a huge difference when you really, truly are in tune with yourself, in tune with all of the things around you, and really step out and put the best you out there in the world. Um, that really then gets you in a place where you can do the best good in the world. Here's the thing. A lot of times we all, and I'm putting, you know, I mean, the age old phrase, you know, when you point one finger at somebody, you've got, you know, four pointing back at you. Um, you know, I'm in this batch right with you. All of us struggle from time to time with asking for help, with releasing things, with getting the help that we really, truly need. And it's so important that we accept the help that's offered to us, but that we also know how to be able to ask for help. And then where are the places that we can go that we can actually get effective, impactful help? I don't know about any of the rest of you, but over the course of the years and years that I've been in business, I've had people work for me that were amazing, and I've had people that work for me that were, um, let's just call it less than stellar. I hope that's um, a nice way to let them keep their dignity intact. Um, you know, sometimes it's the person. Um, you know, people aren't at a particular place in their life where they're ready to really be who you need. Sometimes, though, let's be honest, it's us. We're not in a place where we're really ready to lead a person to the thing. Um, there is a, uh, for actually the guy that essentially was the inventor of the Navy SEALs. You know, he was the first SEAL commander, uh, Robert Mershenko, has a great phrase that he uses in some of his books. And that's that you lead people you manage things. And I hope that we can understand that as, uh, you know, the owners, the managers, the leaders in our business, that we need to lead people and manage the things. People don't want to have somebody that's pointing, you go do this while they sit back in safety. They really want to follow somebody who's um, at, the, at the head of the charge with them. Um, and that doesn't mean that every single thing that gets done, you need to be the one to do it, but it does definitely mean 
that as you become keenly in tune and aware with, um, you know, both the things that you're good at as well as the things that you're not good at, you then also become acutely aware of the fact that people are looking for somebody that they can follow, that they can believe in. Um, especially these days, you know, we've had a couple of different experts on our show and a lot of people will tell you that one of the biggest things to effectively making use of millennials, I know they've all taken a lot of bad raps, but there's some of them that are really amazing out there. But one of the keys is, is that millennials are more interested in the impact that what they're doing is going to make than necessarily the monetary gain or those kind of things. Um, you know, we've kind of made that transition in the world, and that's not to dismiss the fact that, you know, things cost money <laughs> and uh, we need money, but to really be in tune with the impact and then to empower the people that we're leading to be able to really be a strong, powerful, impactful part of that impact that we are making in the world. It makes all the difference. People really want to believe in something. Um, I think of the phrase from the movie The American President where Michael J. Fox says, um, you know, people are so desperate that when they get led out into the desert and find out that the mirage is sand, they'll drink the sand. And that's not an exact quote, but it's real close. Um, and so we want to help people not be chasing the mirage, but rather to be really impacted by understanding and in tune with what we do. And then as managers, then as leaders in our company, we can really empower our people so that as we're living as thriving entrepreneurs, we're also helping them to live as thriving entrepreneurs. Because sometimes, um, you know, the most impactful way you can thrive as an entrepreneur is under, uh, you know, under somebody else. As an employee, you can really thrive often when you're put in the right place and you're given and empowered to be able to make that impact that only you can make in the world. So I hope we can all do that. Today we're going to talk a lot about getting help and really getting good help as we all strive together to live as thriving entrepreneurs. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. 
this is Steve welcome back today we're gonna talk about assistance and getting the help that we need and I don't know that there's anybody else that's better at helping us create those systems and getting the help and the assistance that we need than my good friend Jamie J I really do hope that you'll take some notes today and get a lot out of all that Jamie's gonna share with us Join me in welcoming Jamie J. Hey, Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so glad to be here with you. Um, so many exciting things we can talk about. Um, but let me start off with just letting you kind of tell people a little bit about who you are and how you show up in the world. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I'm really, I'm really pumped to be talking with you. You, you have such a big heart and, uh, I just love what you do. So thank you for being you and uh, sharing what you and, and your lovely wife do. And, and, and uh, at the time of this recording, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, an exciting time in your life. So I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to have me on. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So basically, uh, I currently, I hate starting sentences with I. I know, unfortunately, sometimes you have to, but boy, it sure seems tough because it's hard to talk about myself like that. Anyways, uh, Jamie J started back, he was born in, no, <laughs> um, no, I, I, right now I currently run um, a bottleneck virtual assistance, which is a, um, a virtual staffing agency. We have a, have a lot of fun with it. And, and I've been sourcing VAs from the Philippines since uh, 2006. And it's, it's bigger than just a company. I'm really big into culture. So I have a, I have my own show called culture Eat strategy where we get to talk a lot about culture and, and how to improve uh, company culture, life culture, um, how to uh, take what your environment has and take all the positives out of it. Um, I'm a big believer in leading with kindness, uh, hashtag leading with kindness. I absolutely love it. And I love learning um and that's why i love talking with you and and just learning about uh different ways that we can improve business we can improve our personal relationships uh i'm a big advocate of not believing in work-life balance however life balance is very very important to me so i want to make sure that i do the best i can do and i'm fully present and intentional about every aspect of my day including uh, this interview here with you. I really want to be here right now, 100% focused on this conversation so that uh, I can perhaps offer, you know, some value to um, your listeners or to whomever uh, might be in need of some encouragement. So uh, basically about me, that's, that's, that's what I do now. Um, I live in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, we're braving, I think, 34 degree weather at the, at this very moment and uh, having a lot of fun. <laughs> 34 degree weather. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't miss those days when you wake up and there's 20 or 30 more inches of snow than there was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We haven't, we're not, we're in kind of Southwest Missouri, so we don't get the big snowfall, but we have had snowfall this past week, which was, which was uh, pretty neat. We don't get it too too often, but boy, is it chilly. Woof. Mm, yeah. 
So, um, you know, and Jamie's being very humble when he says that, you know, he kind of does just these things. Besides the company being a huge company, Jamie is an amazing systems person. Um, just reading through some documents that he sent me that was like, here's some things I did, you know, take a look at it and see what you think. I was like sitting here, um, you know, I was like, as soon as my wife came home, I told her, I said, Kathy, you got to read this like immediately. You got to drop everything and read this document. <laughs> the best document ever. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get, it keeps down a little bit on, on systems and processes there. A special uh, shout out always goes to Scott Beebe for turning me on to this about t- three years ago or so. And, and I've just taken and run with it. And it just, it actually turns out to be fun for me now. Uh, I don't know why, but it's painful for a lot of people. For me, I really enjoy it. That's what I love the most is, you know, those things that for each of us are just like nails on a chalkboard. There is somebody out there that just totally geeks out about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our own unique selves. <laughs> and, you know, part of it is too, is, is that often we get so good at it that we have a hard time really um, you know, really respecting ourselves, I guess, is the best way of saying that. Yeah. Um, we just discount it, you know, because it's so easy. It's like, oh, that's no big deal. You know, I, I could sit down with somebody for a half an hour and do that with not even a thought. And it's like, you realize how amazing that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say what's ordinary to some is extraordinary. What's ordinary for me is, is extraordinary for others and, you know, vice versa on that. And there's always going to be someone that's uh, better. Um, that's more knowledgeable in, in a certain area of our expertise, um, if, if I can be so bold to call it that. Um, but it's the collective of our unique life experience, which makes it unique to us. And because I enjoy doing a certain thing here or there, there's so many other people out there that may not enjoy it, but they definitely need it. So they need to look to somebody that actually enjoys helping out with systems and processes and building workflows and, you know, setting up your company so that it's, it's ready to go. Not only setting up your company, but setting up your life. Um, so that's a big reason why I'm such a big fan of uh, systems and workflows and processes and all of that stuff. And I can testify for the fact that, you know, just in the basic process of like, who do you need and what do you need them to do? The concept that Jamie and I have gone through over the course of the last just couple of weeks um, are just mind blowing. Both the things you don't think of that you need done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That mantra comes to mind, you know, do something as if it's the last time you're ever going to do it. I love that mantra. And basically what that means to me is every time I do a task that's going to be repetitive, why not write down the steps to do it so that if you can um, get it to somebody else, outsource it to someone else to do that task for you so that that enables you to free up your time to focus on things that really, really matter. It can, it can be uh, business development. It could be uh, going to an event. It can be, hanging out and going to dinner with your bride or your husband or hanging out with the kids or going to sporting events. All the while things are getting done because you took the initiative to work hard up front and create a system and put it in place so that someone else could, could manage that task. And I, and I might point out whomever you find to manage that task, 
actually enjoys managing that task. So you have to make sure that when you find somebody, you find somebody that really enjoys doing that. Like I do love doing systems and processes. I don't like editing my podcasts. So I have an editor. Um, he's amazing and he lives for editing. He loves it. And so what better way to be able to source an opportunity or a task to somebody that not only will do it for you and do it well, but really enjoy the process of doing it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, I, I gotta say again, it's that whole concept of understanding that there are people that are, that would love to do those things that you're hating. And yet we somehow force ourselves through it. It's like, Oh no, I have to do this. You know, mm. I have to be the one to cross this T and dot this I. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, like some people, they love speaking, they love selling, they love uh, educating. I'm trying to put in place of sales education. So instead of a salesperson, education person. <laughs> I try to do that a lot because I think that's really important. You want to educate, not sell. Um, but there's people that love educating people on a daily basis. And some people, they cannot stand it. They're deathly afraid. They have no desire to go up on stage or be in front of people or network at an event, but they love diving into spreadsheets and figuring out complex equations and things like that. For me, that's just not me, but I need people like that in my life to help me get to where I want to get to. So why not find a team that loves doing what they do? I think the other side to that equation is, is that, I think a lot of times we try to put square pegs into round holes. We have a person that we want to hire and a job that we need to fill. And we take this person and we just shove them into that job mm. <laughs> and then it doesn't work. And then we're angry with them because they weren't good at it. You know what? I, I'm sure you've ran into that one. Ugh. Well, it's that whole thing. Uh, um, you know, that, that saying, what is that saying? I forget what it is. You know, if you're pointing at somebody, there's more fingers pointing back at you. You have to take responsibility. And more often than not, it's you and me. We're, we're the bottlenecks. We are the people that don't explain what it is that we want done. We don't set the expectations. And that's simply because we don't write, we don't draw it out. We don't spell it out for them. And how in the world are we going to expect somebody to immediately pick up on what it is we want them to do? How long have you been doing your business? Well, technically, um, you know, I've been in marketing and sales since 1988, okay. but specifically books, we've been doing those since 2007. Okay. So you've had some time. <laughs> You're over a decade <laughs> in just in the book business, yeah. helping people write their books, right? Yeah. So imagine you hiring somebody and, and, and I get this all the time, just find me a rock star and I'll, you know, I, I'm just too busy. I can't do this. Find me a rock star to do everything. If, if you've been in this business 11 years and you're expecting to hire a quote, I'm holding up my fingers, air quotes, um, rock star to help you with your business without any training, just expecting them to know because they know social media or they know something. How is that possible? You're the expert. You've been doing it for 11 years. They've just started. How in the world are they going to live up to your expectations without your necessary guidance in workflows and strategies? 
Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Guilty as charged. I've been there <laughs> many times. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But I, I learned though. I learned that it's you really got to spend time. Uh, a, a great example is uh, Karen Anahog is an amazing and gifted, wonderful, wonderful person who is our lead writer, and she writes amazing. But it took me about. I think between four and six weeks to train her because she didn't know the technical aspects of, of SEO associated with writing. And so I worked with her on this and we really worked hard. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a lot of time and investment. Um, but last year we wrote over 300 articles. I didn't have to publish one. I didn't write one. I didn't optimize one. I didn't market one. Everything was taken care of because we spent so much time. We got even busier. We needed to hire a second writer and, um, she's amazing. Rowan. Oh my gosh. She just, just amazing and great compliment to not only our company, but to Karen, they work together wonderfully. It only took her about a week to get up and running. And that's because we put all the systems in place and I was okay with this because I was a part of that system. And one of the things, if, uh, do you mind if I go on a little tangent, Steve, <laughs> a little, it. a little soapbox thing here? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. One of, so have you ever heard that saying, don't work in your business, work on it? Yes. Uh, let me ask you a question before I go on my little soapbox. What do you think of that saying? Um, most of the time it just confuses me because I'm never really sure which one is in my business and which one is on it. Yeah. That, well, that's, there you go. That's, that's <laughs> a good one. It's, it's, it, so I'm thinking working in your business, the, the way that I interpret working in your business as opposed to working on your business, working in your business is actually getting into the details, you know, creating uh, systems and, you know, uh, uh, taking notes and, and entering notes into a database or a CRM tool and following up and, and like really working in your business and creating, you know, brochures and, and things like that. Whereas I believe working on your business, and this, this is just my interpretation of it, I could be way off base here, whoever, whoever the first person was that coined that phrase, but working on your business is thinking about it more of the big picture, having time to um, uh, you know, go out to events and um, uh, reviewing um, the, 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 the next quarter's plans and looking at insurance for you know, your team or yourself. Um, planning, you know, what, where are we going to be in six, 12, 18 months from now? Like that's working on it, like big picture type things without too much detail. And my, so, so from that perspective or from my perspective, the, there's a saying floating around there, work in your business, not on your business. Um, I totally disagree with it to a certain extent. However, Anybody that starts off building their business needs to be heavily invested in working in your business, at least at the beginning. I would say in, in the beginning of a business, at least in the first year, uh, maybe two. Now, you don't want to totally detach yourself from working in the business, but you want to kind of, kind of transform yourself into working on your business. And here's why. If, if I'm not the one that's creating the initial workflows and the processes, how in the heck is anybody else going to understand what my vision is, what my mission is, and how I want the company to be run? Now, 
That doesn't say that I'm open for suggestions because just about every time I complete a, a workflow and hand it off to the team, they come back to me with suggestions that I couldn't even possibly imagine and they totally improve the process. So kudos to them. But that's what I talk about. When you first spend the first year or two on your business, you have to plan on working in it. And if you're thinking about kind of maybe shifting and going in another direction, you got to dive right back into that business and really take charge and, and be accountable for that and be intentional. And it's not till the foundation is laid and you get the machine running, keeping in mind uh, workflows and processes are living, breathing documents. They do need to change as you grow, but now you're able to focus more on your business. So that's, that's kind of my, my whole framework of that. And I, I'm, uh, thank you for allowing me a bit of the soapbox uh, opportunity because I think it's a really important thing to think about um, uh, business-wise. Yeah, I understand that. In fact, one of the other ones that I've always found myself struggling with is, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, do, only do the things in your business that only you can do. Mm. Um, and you know, the, the thing that I find myself with that is number one, it's like, well, there's nothing in my business that I can't do because I've had to do it all, <laughs> yeah. you know? And secondly is it's like, how do you really identify that thing that is that thing that you should really be doing, um, you know, and not passing off. And, and I think a lot of us struggle with that. Yeah. And that's, oh, I love this. Thank you for bringing this up. This is amazing. Because for me, when I first started out, I said yes to everything. Um, and if I went back in time, I probably would not have done that whole fake it till I make it thing. I would have been more honest and upfront with people and really let them know uh, what my capabilities were or what my experience was. Not necessarily my capabilities because I didn't know what my capabilities were at the time. But what I did is I tried to do, I tried to do a bunch of different things. And then I stuck with the things that I really, really enjoyed doing. And I thought that was pretty neat because I got an opportunity to do a lot of different things in the business as, as you do. Um, and some I didn't do as well as others might do. And some of the things I didn't enjoy doing, I didn't do, enjoy doing Facebook advertising. It, it was terrible. Um, and so I, but I said yes to uh, a couple of clients. I said, sure. Yeah, I could do that. Sure. And then I found, oh my gosh, this is draining. This is painful. Um, I just, I just did not care for it. But then I found uh, that I did enjoy doing some things. I love talking to people and, and helping um, share, share, you know, create a vision with them. And, and just, I really enjoyed that aspect. So I started doing that more and more and more. And, uh, you know, it's just one thing led to another. So it's what you said. I really like that because I think starting out, you do want to try and do everything. And, you know, that's the whole solopreneur, entrepreneurial, you know, big, the genesis of, of starting a business is you kind of have to do it all, you know, and then figure out what you like about it, what you don't like, outsource. You would love one of the, uh, one of the chapters in, well, so that's a long story, but anyway, <laughs> my, book my book originally started out. Well, okay. So my book actually originally started out as it was going to be a free giveaway for, mm -hmm. you know, cause everybody's webpage has a free giveaway. Um, you know, right. And sure. so I was writing a free giveaway. And by the time I was done with it, it ended up being about 110 pages, which is a little long for a free giveaway. 
uh, you know, I mean, it hey, you're adding value a little bit much, you know, um, you know, and so I had a, you know, my oldest mentor, he actually wrote the forward and I turned it into a book. Um, and then I learned more in the industry that we're in now and did more research. And I'm like, you know, I'm constantly telling people don't put 10 things in a book because nobody does a search for 10 things at a time. We search for things one at a time. Right. Um, so it makes sense. And so I'm, I'm in the process of actually re-releasing the entirety of the book um, as, to, as a 10-book series. Um, so oh, wow. just a little background for you. Uh, before I say what I was going to say, wow. uh, you will love one of the quote-unquote chapters. One of the books uh, in the series is all about um, essentially what starts out right ends up right. And it has to do with rewarding yourself. And I really teach in that one that what you need to do is think of yourself as though you were an employee and give yourself bonuses and award certificates and all of those kind of things. Because if you, if you start doing that when it's just you, you absolutely will do that when it's somebody else. Cause it's always so much easier to, you know, to, to give kudos to somebody else um, yeah. secondarily, uh, you know, is the whole concept of, you know, making it part of the culture of your company right from the beginning. Mm, I like that. That's neat. Yeah. What a great idea. Yeah. Every once in a while when I'm writing, I have a, have a brainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like about it too, though? What's really neat is that whole, you, you, when you say culture, my eyes light up by the way. Uh, I, I absolutely love the topic of culture, but I think if you're going to create, that's a perfect segue into culture because if you're going to create a culture that you're proud of, that you want other people to buy into, it has to be a culture. You know, this is one of those times when it's cool to be a selfish, right? You have to be selfish about what it is that you want. And if you're not selfish, meaning honest with yourself in the very beginning, when it's just you, how is anybody else ever going to buy into what your program is? So true. It really is. It's like um, the easiest way of thinking that is it's like liking Facebook posts. People have said to me before, it's like, you should never like your own posts. And I'm like, if I don't like my posts, why would I expect anybody else to ever like it? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I don't see anything wrong. You know, that's funny you said that. I was searching through Facebook the other day and I saw an old post and I read it. I'm like, oh, I really like that. And it wasn't until a little bit later. I'm like, oh, I posted that. <laughs> I love when that happens. <laughs> oh, gosh. I thought that was funny. <laughs> there is something powerful in that, though. And that's when you come to that moment where you see your words in print, you see your words on the wall. That is one of those aha breakthrough moments with the impactful things that you do that make such a difference here in this world. That's one of the best ways I know to live as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? 
Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. I'm here with Jamie J, and today we're talking to you about getting the help that you need in your life. Virtual assistants. Um, You know, I think most everybody understands what they are, but there may be a few people that still don't get the concept. So can you just kind of give us the, you know, the rudimentary understanding of what a virtual assistant is and what they do? Oh my gosh, sure. Thank you. So a virtual assistant is, um, it's not AI, in, in, in my case anyways, it's actual human capital. And when I say human capital, boy, people go, oh man, that's kind of impersonal. But I say that so that you understand that it, that this is an actual human being. A virtual assistant is an actual human being that works remotely. And they could be anywhere in the world as long as they have an interconnect connection, a webcam, a computer. Um, they can be anywhere in the world to support you. And oftentimes, more than not, and what we're seeing by 2020 is about 40% of the workforce will be remote, um, the entire workforce. This is this is amazing stat that I read this morning. Um, but having the opportunity to go global because of the interwebs now um, opens up the talent pool, the highly skilled talent pool so that people can get started. You don't have to come up with tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars now to start a business and, and get the, you know, the secure servers and, and, and office space and all of that kind of stuff. Now you can literally start online um, and build a business uh, by yourself, very minimal cost and be able to scale very affordably through remote access staffing, virtual staffing, virtual assistance. And you can source it. You can source in the U.S. There's going to be be a little bit more expensive, but you still don't have the overhead of uh, getting a desk, uh, getting the extra computer. Um, A lot of people like it um, because uh, while they may have a physical brick and mortar location, Oftentimes, some of the challenges are inter-office politics, right? This is alleviated with virtual staffing. Um, it's also, uh, there's tax implications uh, to having someone in the brick and mortar. Uh, in the U.S., if we let someone go um, and we fire them, well, we could be responsible for paying uh, unemployment for the next six months, 75% of what their salary was. It's very expensive to fire somebody. Wherein with a virtual assistant, it's a vendor type service to where you're paying a service fee. And if you terminate that service, it's just like you're terminating your agreement with uh, your uh, email a marketing provider. So it's very cost of, cost effective and it's just an extremely effective way to scale a business um, uh, very affordably. So you're currently working with uh, 
uh, virtual assistants that are from the Philippines. I, I always think it's interesting that it's the Philippines because a good friend of mine, um, he's an older gentleman now, but he's worked as, um, you know, as a missionary to the Philippines for probably 25 or 30 years now. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, the, the first time I looked for a virtual assistant company, I was specifically looking for Philippines things because of all the things they were sharing with me about, you know, their people and their economy and stuff like that. So I always think of that it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but you know, there you go. More information about Steve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's good to hear that. Um, but the Philippines, um, you know, I think there's some people that know some things about it, some people that know nothing about it and probably a lot of preconceived notions. So can you kind of explain, um, you know, what you find from hiring folks specifically from the Philippines? Yeah, so number one is, can they speak English? Um, that's usually the main concern that we have. Number two is, um, they're not in my office. How am I going to keep track of them? <laughs> and, and number three is probably, um, do they know how to do things, right? Are they, are they competent? And uh, right now, if, if, and, and for me, I've never actually been to Philippines. I'm, I'm so excited to be going later on this year uh, for the first time. <laughs> but I've never been there, but I've been sourcing from the Philippines since 2006. So I do have some expertise with regards to uh, their work ethic, um, how they are as a culture. Um, just the, I'm just a, I'm a huge fan. Um, and so with regards to English speaking, um, they call it ESL, English as a second language. Um, there is a way to rate how they speak, and that is A1, A2, B1, B2, and C1, C2. And C2 is very fluent, advanced, right? And I would say, for the most part, uh, because 100% of their universities are taught in English, their signs are in uh, English, and oftentimes there's so many dialects there, um, people in the Philippines, um, the Filipinos, talk in English because they don't understand one another's dialects. But because of that, we hire college graduates because they've had an opportunity to go to school. We know that if they commit to something, they're going to finish it. And they also know, I also know that they had to take their university uh, in English. And English as a second language, uh, if you rate it on that scale that I just talked about a little bit earlier on, on C2 being the best, most of the time you're going to find somebody that speaks with a C1, C2 level. Like my personal assistant, for for example, uh, people oftentimes ask me if she works in the Philippines, and I say yes, and they're just blown away. So that's the first one usually. Um, there is also, are they competent? Are they knowledgeable? Uh, so one of the things that we look for is, um, it, while they may have slower internet speeds, they are actually on an island. Their infrastructure of fiber optics been up up uh, uh, up upgraded, so. Uh, the internet speeds are increasing all the time. Um, and are they confident? Oh my gosh, heck yeah. Um, uh, many of them are, uh, have had professions before. Uh, they've been uh, instructors at universities. Um, not only do they have degrees, but they also have experience working in particular industries. Um, they know uh, CRMs and they know software. They know Microsoft Office, Excel, and Word. They know Google Sheets. And, and so a lot of times they can really help us in finding out the best systems and solutions or, or, 
our, our processes to improve our own business. So they're incredible. And then another thing that we do that a lot of people overlook is they, you, you have to look for soft skills. Are these, are these people that are going to buy into your culture? Um, they do have a bit of a different culture. Um, they do like to say yes a lot. So there, there are some things that, and while that's a good thing, sometimes it could be bad because if you ask them to complete a project by tomorrow, can they do it? And they say yes, and it takes three days. It's not easy. Um, so you have to learn about some of those nuances. Uh, but that's why um, we have such a low attrition rate here at Bottleneck because we really go into that deep upfront. And we want to make sure that you're, you're, you're prepared to hire somebody. And I know I'm going a little bit off tangent here, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I absolutely love the Philippines. Um, 100% of my business is, well, with the exception, obviously, of, of, of my girlfriend there. Um, but they're all working in the Philippines. Um, so the other time is time. Uh, they're about 14 hours ahead of me. And I'm in central time before... Uh, it'll drop down to 13 here as soon as we make the transition to uh, springing forward with daylight savings. Um, but yeah, with with the time aspect, that's another thing. But it's it's a simply a ma matter of communication and communicating to them. This is when you know this is when I operate. Are you okay with working these hours? And as long as you get a, you know a, a heads up from them, it's very common to work during the U.S. hours um, in the Philippines and. Yeah, it, uh, the Philippines is, is amazing. And I think those are a lot of things, uh, myths that people tend to hear. They've heard horror stories um, on, you know, people just ended up and leaving and not reaching out to them, which is why we have so many things in place and a nice big process in place to really, really uh, take care of our own VAs. We pay them more than other companies do. Uh, we support them. Uh, we're we're uh, launching a new uh, insurance program for them so that they have insurance and health savings programs. So we really, really, really take care of um, the virtual assistants that choose to work with, with us here at Bottleneck. And we're, we're greatly honored to have them on board. You touched on it just a little bit, but um, I know some people that have looked around maybe thinking of, uh, you know, trying to get cheap labor. <laughs> I hate to say mm -hmm. it that way, but that is kind of, um, Explain why it is that you opt out of paying people the least you could get away with, because I know their economy is a lot, lot lower than what ours is. Um, yeah. Pay them at a premium. That's a great question. Uh, so we still do. Um, we're, we are still able to, um, say, have a, have a lower rate than you would find. You know, the average, according to Glassdoor, the average rate of a social media manager, I believe, I believe, if memory serves me correctly, is about $54,000 a year. Um, you can hire a social media manager through Bottleneck for about 15 bucks an hour. Pretty massive savings. Um, so you still get a good savings. However, the reason that we um, don't hire the cheapest labor out there, number one, I just, me personally, I don't believe in it. Second of all, um, the talent pool that we get they're going to have a little bit more experience. They're going to be a little bit more responsive. The hoops they have to jump through just to be on board with bottleneck is, is pretty substantial. And that gives a lot of credibility to them. Um, and that coupled with the fact that they're all college graduates, we want to be, be able to reward them. We want them to stay on board. The lower rates, um, you hear stories about this all the time. Oh, they were here and then all of a sudden they just left or they didn't finish my tasks on time. I couldn't get a hold of them. Finally, they reached back. We don't have those problems. Or if we do, they're very minimal, I should say. 
we really try to take care of this upfront and it's all about communication. It really is. That's, that's probably the biggest difference because we want to make sure that if someone comes on board, we want to be able to support our client. We don't want our client to have to worry about whether or not they're going to be showing up the next day or calling in sick or whatever the case may be. And that has happened in the past. I won't, I won't say it has not, um, but we really strive to continue improving our processes over time. And I just feel that if we pay a little bit more and offer them some great incentives, um, they're going to stick around for a lot longer and they're really going to appreciate the work and they're going to try harder. Well, and I think that's one of the big advantages to having your company involved in the process is, you know, yes, I'm sure there's probably like a jobs.com Philippines, <laughs> you know. There is. And, yeah. But, um, and I recommend going and checking it out. Onlinejobsph.com, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. But to do that process yourself, besides how time consuming it is, um, you know, you're going to end up in a place where you don't really have the support for who's the right person, how do I get them, all of that kind of stuff that you bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, they don't, so many, it's especially us entrepreneurs, as when we're starting out, we're not given any kind of a manual that says, this is how you run a business. This is, this is how you hire somebody. And half the time, wouldn't that be awesome? (laughs) And half the time, if someone's telling you how to hire somebody, they don't know what they're talking about. I know I live in this world. I see it all the time. And it's, it's no, it's not that they're doing a bad thing. They're actually trying to help out, but they don't, it's one of those things you don't know what you don't know. And it's so challenging to say the least. And that's why I'm such a huge fan. I outsource all the time. I outsource bookkeeping. Uh, I have a virtual CFO, um, Kurt Stowers. Thank you so much. You are most amazing. Uh, uh, F5FP.com for anybody that's looking for a virtual CFO. I, I, he is a lifesaver. Uh, we have um, a virtual COO as well. Um, so uh, I outsource the bookkeeping. I, I, I outsource all kinds of stuff. And that's simply because I don't know what I don't know. But at the same time, I look to find somebody that knows and is an expert in that field. And I can tell you how much money and time it saves. It's, it's insane when you find somebody that's an expert in their own field. And hiring is one of those. And let me give you this stat. Uh, in the U.S., on average, it's $4,129 to hire somebody in the U.S. Wow. To fire somebody... It's equivalent to up to nine months of salary. It's insane how costly that is. So why would you not want to look at an expert to help you during the hiring process, especially if this is a first hire or one of your first few hires when you're starting out? And trust me, if you don't, then you're going to eventually bring Jamie on and he's going to give you a whole bunch of information. You're going to be like, where were you 10 years ago? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing too. And and people get so busy and they forget um, that do something is the last time you're ever going to do it. You need to start this, you know, as soon as possible. If you don't think if it's, if you've already started and you're going along and you're saying, man, I'm so busy, I just need to hire a rock star. Okay. 
take some time, go back, create your systems before you hire somebody. I can't tell you how important that is. If you don't have your workflows and processes in place before you hire somebody, you're in for a world of hurt. You really are because it's going to lead to a ton of frustration. You're going to, you're just, you're not going to have fun. And instead of creating a business for yourself, where initially you created it to improve your quality of life, the time to spend with your family and traveling and all of that, all of a sudden you created yourself a job. And, and I don't want that for anybody. Mm, absolutely. You'd be proud of me. I actually, um, you know, cause Kathy has a local personal assistant um, because there's a bunch of local stuff that needs to be done. Um, that you just couldn't fly from the Philippines every day, you know, <laughs> be really expensive. Um, and, um, you know, I told him, I said, you know, what I want you to do is I want you to make note of every single thing that you do, that you see Kathy do. I want you to write down every single one of them because in the process of doing this, we're also going to define all the things that Kathy does and then steal all of it away from her. Mm. Mm. Cause she's an amazing woman, but she, um, you know, she has like a thousand things going through her head at any given moment and, um, and, and root root causes all of them to herself, <laughs> you know? Mm. And, um, you know, and so we're in the process of stealing all that away from her so she can do the brilliance that she does for our company and not congratulations. This this is probably you should really be patting yourself on the back here. No joke, and and you don't need me to tell you that, but you really should be patting yourself on the back. And 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 your wife, oh my gosh, she should pat herself on the back for being brave enough to let go, because that's one of the biggest challenges a lot of people have. My my number one goal is to make myself replaceable. That's my number one goal. The day I make myself replaceable is the day I have life flexibility. As my good friend John Promoray says, um, instead of freedom, I have flexibility. The day I make myself replaceable. And in essence, uh, Steve, that's basically what you're helping uh, to achieve by off offboarding all of these responsibilities. Kudos to you. I, I, I'm so happy for you because that's what it takes the start. It takes the genesis. It takes the beginning in order to, to start realizing that. And there's going to be some periods of time where it's very uncomfortable. And, you know, it, for somebody else to, answer, to look at my emails, oh my gosh, for somebody else to look at my finances, that is flipping scary. But after I did it, I can't tell you how much weight has been lifted off my shoulders. It's night and day. So kudos to you. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's good stuff once it, you know, once it, uh, once it all comes together. <laughs> it's like anything else, you know, the, the starting it, it may be the hardest part, but once it becomes a habit, then it really, really can be a backfall. So, um, Jamie, we like to be good teachers um, and give our listeners something that they can really take action on. So, we've talked about a bunch of fun things today, but, um, and I'll let you pick any one thing that, that is, you know, kind of pop into your mind today, but what is the one thing that a person who listened to us here today 
could, you know, do immediately to help them really effectively begin to, um, you know, systematize, get help with or whatever in their business? I love this question. This is perfect. Schedule a time. Don't just say I'm going to do it this weekend or I'm going to do it, you know, uh, Wednesday night or something. Literally put it on your calendar and schedule a time. Block out an hour and do this for two different hours on two different days, back to back. So a Saturday, a Sunday, a Friday night, a, sa a Saturday morning, whatever the, whatever the case may be. Block out two hours. And then you, what, there's this thing I call a delegation roadmap. You don't even need this tool to do it. You can just write it down on a piece of paper and whatever's the best way. If you wanna type it, type it. If you wanna write it, write it. If you wanna record it in the audio, to play back later, do whatever's the best medium for you. And then write down every single thing that you do in a given day, everything that you do in a given day, and assign two values to each one of these tasks. The first, uh, make sure the first task, I mean, it could be, I take the trash out, right? Or, um, uh, you know, um, check my emails, what, whatever that task is during the day, making coffee, whatever it is. It may sound ridiculous, but believe me, when you write down these tasks, you're going to see a lot of things that you're doing that you don't need to do. Assign two values to each task. The first is, does this task give me energy or does it drain the living daylights out of me? The second task would be, is this something I have to do or is it something I can delegate to somebody else that can do it 80% as well as me or better? If you do this, you're going to come up with a list of items that you can see, like for you, for this podcast, you're going to want to do this podcast. This is you, right? You have to do this. Nobody else can do your podcast, uh, really. But can you outsource the editing? Well, yes, you can outsource the editing. Is it something that you like to do? Well, if you like to do it, keep doing it. If you don't like to do it, it doesn't give you energy, don't do it. But take, and at the end of the hour on the first day, literally set a timer at the end of that hour, stop what you're doing. Drop your pen, stop typing, go on and do something else, go to sleep, wake up the next day and do it again because other things are going to creep into your mind. By the time you're done, you will have a list of everything that you want to delegate to somebody else, either now or in the future. And that's the best way to prepare to hire somebody to offload them things or to totally knock some things out of your day, things that you don't need to do because maybe you're just filling time with that thing and that doesn't give you energy, but you're just doing it because you're procrastinating or you're putting something off. It's the best way to get a snapshot of who you are and what you're doing in your life. Mm. That's useful. Even if that thing you're doing is looking at cute book pictures of puppies. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if you like it, why not? But, but be, <laughs> Be diligent, be intentional about it and, and set that time up, up, apart, you know? Uh, for, for me, I live on social media because that's, that's my job. That's where I'm at. That's where I talk to, you know, uh, prospects and that's where I talk to friends and I, I live on social media, but I have to be very careful. It's, it, boy, that cat video or dog video pops up. I'm like, oh, how cute, <laughs> you know? And then all of a sudden I'm like, half hour later, wait, I got to get back to work. <laughs> So you have to be careful about it, but be intentional and list that out on that, that roadmap there. And you're going to realize, wow, I do like take the trash out. Well, I don't like doing it, but I have to do it. 
I do have to do it because I don't want Sarah, my girlfriend to do it. So that's something that I have to do and it makes me feel good. So it's a task that I don't like to do, but I enjoy it because it lessens the load for Sarah because she does so much and anything I can do to improve her life. Wow. It's huge for me. So yeah, I, I, it's just a great snapshot. It's, 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 you said earlier nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, that's what it can be. But oh my gosh, when you're done, your, your vision, your roadmap, your direction, it, the, the clarity that you get from it is just amazing. So Jamie, how can people get a hold of you that want to dive in deeper with you? Maybe even have you help them hire a virtual assistant? Oh my gosh, thank you. Uh, they can go to bottleneck.online. Uh, bottleneck. So it's, we are saying is we can help you stop the bottleneck in your business. So you can go to bottleneck.online. Uh, you can Google us. Uh, one of the biggest things I'll say, uh, even it, feel free to talk to us. It's a, it's free. Um, we'll chat with you for free, either myself or Anthony. Uh, we'll, you can book a time and, uh, we'll be happy to answer all your questions. And one of the biggest things I urge you to do is, is really check around, go and see what's out there. What are all the companies? What are they offering? Because uh, we might not be the best fit for you, but there's so many companies out there that are tremendous and fantastic, and they offer amazing resources. It just depends on the plan and what works best for you at this time. So that's the best way to find us. And, and you can go and Google uh, virtual assistant companies, and it's a great way to look at all the different companies out there. And that's bottleneck.online. Um, you won't, you won't regret going and working with Jamie. Um, it's like you said, mind blowing. The first document he sends you, you'll, you'll wish you had 10 years ago. So <laughs> thanks so much for spending some time with us here today and sharing the thing that you do with brilliance in the world. Thank you so much, Steve. And, and I, I just really love what you're doing. Um, thank you for helping out so many people and providing the service you do because and writing a book is no easy feat. And so I just really, really appreciate what, what, what you guys have going on there. If you need help in your life or in your business, you're looking for an assistant, you're, you know that now is the time to pass off some of those things that, let's be honest, you shouldn't really be the one doing to begin with. I hope that you really will search out Jamie um, and see what he can do to help you both find the help you need as well as create those amazing systems to really get done what only you can do in the world. It's so important. You have such a message, such a purpose, and so much that needs to get done in this world. And you can't do it all. You have to let go of the things that are keeping you from really shining your light and making that difference that only you can make. Because you are uniquely brilliant. There isn't anybody else like you. You were created for a purpose. It was specific intentionally and on purpose. And the world needs you. Yes, we need everybody working together, but I want you to hear that the world needs you. You have a message. Kathy and I would love to share it. You're welcome to join us at Bestsellers Guild by just simply going to bestsellersguild.com. But share all that you are into the world. 
Do the things that only you can do. Do them powerfully and impactfully. Kathy and I are here because we believe in you. We want to see you do your best. And we want to help you live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. I hope you'll really take that in. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.